Welcome to the Garden Podcast, a place where things can grow. I'm Nichelle. And I'm Shayna. And these are conversations from the couch that just happen to be recorded. Welcome to this week's garden. This week's garden. Well, there's that. That's that's how we're. That's how our day is going, y'all. That's how our that, day. That can be the intro. Is going. <laughs> Welcome garden. to this week's episode of the garden, a place where things can grow. My name is Nichelle, and I'm Shayna, and we are so excited that you're here if you're a new listener thank you for joining us please share with your friends with your family and please check us out again if you are a returning listener thank you for always riding for us in the garden we appreciate y'all and we love y'all so today we have an interesting conversation (laughs) that we want to have that's probably about to piss some people off okay and I will give us a disclaimer. We love all of our listeners, all of our supporters. So there may be times today where we use a generalized language. We apologize in advance if it offends you or if it offends someone that you care about. But in the garden, we get a little raw sometimes. We have conversations about relevant issues, and sometimes we just get plain out frustrated. So bear (laughs) with us as we go through this. So, and to be honest with y'all, if we want to be 100% transparent at the time of this recording, we don't even have a title for this episode yet because I couldn't figure out how I wanted to pitch this. So. Yeah, it's hard to sum it up. It is hard to sum it up, but we're going to pray our way and get through the end. So, Shayna, girl, <sighs> story what time. Went down at Kroger today? Story time. Okay. At Kroger, <laughs> I'm trying to get some steak. So, I'm over in the meat section. So, I walk up. There's a, a nice little white lady over there, gray hair. So, she had to be. Um, 60 plus, we'll say that. So I'm walking over, I started looking at the steak. And she's like, oh, you should get this one. This one's cheaper. It'll be a better bang for your money, pretty much. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm tired. She was talking about roast. And I'm like, no, I'm not looking for roast. I'm looking for steak. And so, um... I'm like, yeah, I think I was just left it at that. And so she continues talking and she was like, well, there's some down there too, some more of this, still talking in reference to the roast. And she's like, yeah, this one is cheaper. And I was like, well, I'm looking at this sirloin. She's like, oh, that's not sirloin. And I'm confused. Because I look down at the sticker <laughs> and I'm reading it and it says S-I-R-L-O-I-N. It mm. says sirloin mm. steak <laughs> on the sticker. And so to try to still like not go with her a little bit, I'm like, well, okay, I think this is the last sirloin over here. Um, and so then she does this laugh. 
she's like oh my gosh like kind of like that like silly girl type thing um and I'm like (laughs) I'm like what is she doing I was so confused and I felt myself getting upset because I know like I knew like what type of laugh she was doing and I'm like you're trying to tell me what to get and what's not some sirloin steak you not reading you're not paying attention um you're not listening to me and then you I'm mad that from your perspective right now you're you're trying to tell me what to do and I'm not listening so like you're looking you're trying to look down on me right now and you're completely wrong so I continue on or whatever and she tried like one more time to say something to me and I'm not looking at her. I'm not. I didn't say any more words. I'm like, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, whatever. And so then she finally ended up walking away. Uh, and it was still, like, her trying to get me to buy this roast. I'm like, you acting like you work for the meat company and you gonna get a million dollars. It's like, I don't get it. Okay, so if that wasn't enough. So I go get some wine because that was the next thing I do. I was there to get, and then I went to check out. So I usually go to self-checkout. I went to the cashier that was closest to the door because um, I was about to be immediately next. I'm like, okay, cool. So in front of me is a younger white guy, and then I'm putting my stuff on the belt. He's finishing up. The cashier is also an older white lady. She might have been a little younger than the one I was just talking about um but I felt like as soon as she looked over at me and it was my turn next like her like she had this attitude complete attitude and so anytime I'm anywhere and I'm dealing with a person customer service I'm like hello and she didn't say anything so I'm wearing a mask I'm like benefit of the doubt she didn't hear me so cool so we keep going, right? She checking my stuff. She gets to the wine. I need your ID. So she talking kind of hard. Like, <laughs> I feel it. I was she got like, a little tone. Like, she want to get popped. Yes. yes. I was like, ooh, okay. I mm-hmm. knew that was get my ID out. Here it is. Quick exchange. She looked at it, rolled her eyes, and looked back at the screen keep going I'm like what's the issue here (laughs) I'm like two white women in 20 minutes I can't handle it (laughs) so she keep going she finished up Kroger card scan the Kroger card it didn't scan right she like I need it again because that was not a Kroger card I was like, okay. And I have my, lost my little keychain card. So I'm like, okay, I guess I didn't give her the right one. So I'm fumbling with my keychain, my keys, and I drop my keys. Um, And so she's waiting on me or whatever. And I get the Kroger card back out. Bam. Scan it. Um, So she finishes up. And I'm like, thank you. Didn't say anything. And because there was nobody behind me Uh -uh. physically tension (laughs) 
that was building up like inside of me I was getting so mad I'm like oh my god and the uh, person bagging who was right there he was a white guy younger white guy I'm just like thank you thank you for helping me because he was like bagging up the stuff and putting it in my he was putting it in my buggy for me like not even waiting on me to get did you just call it a buggy yes that's what I call it do not (laughs) stay focused (laughs) what do you call it a cart yes I call it a buggy buggy. in Detroit my god (laughs) have you never heard of that (laughs) no but I didn't mean to get you off track my bad the buggy just threw me honey so he bagged it he put it in your cart your buggy yes and he was cool. I'm like, thank you. He like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Have a good day. Cool. Walk out, go get in my car, leave in the parking lot. A man was, he was coming down the aisle with his cart very close to the cars on the side. And I'm pulling out of the aisle. And so I pull past him. I'm not going fast or anything, but I pull past him. And so while I'm, I hear him from outside of the car, uh, he said something, a-hole. And I'm like looking around and not nobody's around except for my car and him. I'm like, he was talking to me. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> and so I was confused. Like I really didn't think I cut him off or did anything. Like I was just pulling up to the end of the aisle. But I guess he was mad because I didn't let him by. But um I was like three white people in 30 minutes that I just felt like it was something different with each of them, but it was too much for me. Like, <laughs> I had to pray. I was praying about me and white people, like, in the car on the way home because that was too much for me. And I was sleepy already. I was like, okay, so maybe I'm pre-irritated, mm. but I don't think I was crazy. Like, I'm not crazy. They had something going on with all of them. Now, let me ask so, you this. How first off, let me take a step back. Thank you for sharing that because it is a lot, it is um challenging at times to deal with race relations here in the US. So the fact that you had three encounters within 30 minutes, um, if it would have been probably anyone else, it could have heightened to that point of a response that was not so saved. So thank you for sharing. Let me ask you this. How much of what happened to you today do you think was attached to race? The first two definitely were. I feel like I would definitely say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't think race was the only one. I think age had to do with um probably both of those. But mainly the first one with the lady in the state. Because uh, um, I felt like she was just like really looking down on me like, girl, I'm trying to tell you something or teach you something. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that was layered. But so that one, one could have had. I don't say I can't say more age because I even imagine a young white girl right there. Like I felt like she would have said something maybe. But I just felt like the laugh, the laugh was so condescending. Like, I wish y'all could have heard it. Mm-hmm. It, I wanted to slap her when she mm-hmm. laughed. Like, because mm-hmm. you 
like it was all <laughs> I can't even explain it I'm like you really think you trying to tell me something but you're not listening to me mm-hmm. so it was really irritating but the first two I felt like I had to do erase well I think that's good because that um the it, for one, your your lived experiences are absolutely valid. Like, you know, like, even if we didn't hear the laugh or if we didn't hear the, the slur, or if we didn't see the, the gesture, like, we know that race relations in America are really, really challenging, especially when it comes to dealing with... I'm going to just say it, like, dealing with white people. It gets really hard and it becomes a a very like slippery slope. I feel like when you're Christian, because there's always the what would Jesus do? Respond out of love, show grace, like that type of mentality, turn the other cheek. Um, and I just I mean, personally, I'm just not there yet. I'm not at the place where I can turn the other cheek. <laughs> I'm not at the place where I'm even praying for me to be able to turn the other cheek. I, that's just that's not me and I, I'm so thankful that Jesus died on the cross so that I didn't have to for these white people because I'm like some of y'all be acting too dang on crazy and just hearing like your experience um three people within 30 minutes like that is not you know that's not uncommon unfortunately that's how people kind of that's how black and brown people have to move through these spaces which I think leads me to as I was listening to you talk, I'm like, okay, so where are we going to go with this episode? How, how are we going to rock this one out? You know, like, like what's our theme? But I'm really just thinking mm-hmm. that dealing with race relations, there's also like this self-care and mental health conversation that we have to have about it. Because your mm-hmm. experience, well, let me take a step back. First off, it's not just, it's not just white women that are challenging. I want to acknowledge that. I personally have found that it doesn't matter if you're white, black, blue, purple, whatever. Older generations seem to be challenging for me at this time. And I had this um, Mm. woman that I serve on this committee with. And she's a black woman. And to be honest, when I first met her, I was like, oh, you are the bomb. We are about to do amazing work together. But the more that I worked with right. her, the more like condescending she became. She would leave me out of conversations or I would be in a meeting. They would ask for our committee report. She would be the only one to speak and would completely usurp all the all the work that I've done. Whatever comments I would have made, she send in committee reports. I ain't seen nothing. I missed three board meetings. I didn't even know that, that we was having board meetings that often because they were sending the information to her. She wouldn't even sharing it with me. And so I remember, yeah. oh yeah, she's off the chain. She's off the chain to the point where I had to go ahead and snatch her edges the last time we was in a board meeting and I had to <laughs> remind her, like, I'm not sure what your complex is or what your problem is, but I'm going to invite you to not keep playing no games with me because it ain't going to be good if I got to be the one to get you together. <laughs> I really don't want to have to do it. And so I remember I was sharing this experience with two of my girlfriends that are both older than me. Mind you, one of them is older than me by, I think about eight years. How old am I? Okay, yeah, about seven or eight years. And then the other one got me by like 18. All right. Yeah, 18 years. And um, 
So I'm sharing like my experience with them. And the one that was closer to my age, she was like, yep, I understand. You got it. Yep. I will do the same thing. But the woman who was older than us um, was pretty much like, I mean, I mean, I mean, it was like all of these like excuses and negotiating like my experience that I had with this woman. And that's when I really started thinking about you know people outside people will try to tell you to negotiate your experiences like what what you experienced at Kroger earlier today people will try to tell you oh you're overthinking it like it's not really racism Um, like it's not really an ageist issue it wasn't really disrespect and that's why I asked you because you know I wanted to hear from your perspective how much of that do you feel was related to race because if that's what you feel that's your truth that's your narrative and I think part of self-care as we work through Um, race relations in the U.S., part of that is being okay with saying, you've crossed my boundary. You've treated me in a way that I did not invite you to treat me. It's, It's acknowledging like where you are with certain experiences and not letting people make you feel bad for um, drawing your line in the sand. And so I end up having a longer conversation with, with my girlfriend that's, um, about 18 years older than me and one thing that she said on the call which I appreciated so much and which is why I love her so dearly she said you know as I'm listening to this I hope you don't feel like I'm putting my burden off onto you and I told her I said you are that's absolutely how I feel your experiences are absolutely true your lived experiences through your professional journey they're absolutely true but what I'm telling you that I experienced with this woman on my committee comes down to this is my truth this is how I feel this was the line in the sand that I drew and and part of me being okay with who I am as a person part of mental wellness right being confident and energized and being able to say like I fit into certain spaces I have value in certain spaces it's it's part of that comes from being able to say like no I'm I didn't invite you in here I didn't invite that. I didn't invite your comments. I didn't invite your drama. I didn't invite your attitude. Part of it is saying, like, to take care of myself, here's what I need to do to acknowledge racial tension. Here's what I need to do to acknowledge crazy leadership, like this this president, like living even under this. That is living under Trump is what really is charging people to show their racist heads again. This stuff ain't new. They're just now getting more comfortable mm-hmm. doing this stuff in public public places. They're not they're no longer just having these conversations at the dinner table or amongst their little private chats and forums. Now they're showing up in the Krogers. You know what I'm saying? And so and it's not new. We've seen this before, but I think for a while people felt a a sense of social responsibility to at least hide it. Now people are like, well, we got to hide it for our president going to back us anyway. So I think Mm -hmm. your experience today just reminds me that there are so many different demographics, whether it's white women, whether it's men. Oh my God, men can even be challenging in this whole concept of mansplaining and just like inserting themselves. I'm like, who, who died and made you God, right? Like, <laughs> it, I, but I think that just, that just goes to show like there are so many social constructs and there are so many, um, there's just so many like 
unspoken expectations and ways of life that happen among people that we kind of just find ourselves stuck in a rut. And so even when I was listening to you talk, I'm like, that that type of experience, like back to back to back within like a such such a short amount of time could impact your mental health that day. It could impact how you see the world. Those type of experiences are why people have hardened hearts towards certain demographics and certain populations because it's like you can't you can't just keep taking that and think that I'm gonna deal with that. For sure. I know I know I have a thing with older white women. Like mm. <laughs> and because I have these are not the only run-ins. This is not the only run-ins I've had with older white women today. Um, and I think I've said before in one of our private conversations, like, it's something with, and like you said, this could be just with older people in general. But for me, in public spaces with white women that I do not know, um, well, with older women that I do know, do not know, they happen to be white. Um, and they just have to me like a sense of entitlement. That's not necessarily what was happening er- happening earlier, but I have experienced several things. That like, is a sense of entitlement, get- though. Now I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But even with that How, woman, I mean, that was talking negative. to you about the mistakes, <laughs> she inserted oh, herself yeah. into your pocket yes. into your preferences into your personal space first off becky why are you ain't my got a phone? <laughs> she hold on did she have a mask she had a mask well, on she been thinking about that instead of talking to you yes she had a mask on talking to me through this mask but i feel like she did Given- insert herself <laughs> she absolutely did because when you said to her like oh, you know, I'm not looking for a roast. I'm looking for a sirloin. And she looked at you and said, huh, that's not sirloin in your hand? Girl, I didn't invite you yes. over here? <laughs> yeah. I don't care mm-hmm. if I was You're holding right. a pack of chicken breast. Don't tell me it ain't yes, sirloin no, in my hand. I didn't ask you, Karen. <laughs> no that's definitely entitlement for her to think like I can tell her what she needs to do mm-hmm. and you know now let me ask so you this just, this may be now you ain't got to answer if you don't want to but I'm gonna ask you anyway because I don't know what if you about our to listeners say no now if y'all was at the launch party y'all seen me and Shayna together and if y'all seen <laughs> our our pictures on the website, then y'all know Shayna and I are vastly different in size, okay? So Shayna, let me ask you this. <laughs> do you ever feel like your size plays, outside of race, do you ever think that your size plays a, um, a role in how people interact with you or treat you? Now, yeah, for sure. So it's so many layers because for that one, it's like, like you said, even with black people, like, okay, people think I'm a little kid because mm-hmm. I'm four foot eleven. People think I'm a young girl. Like, people think the age I get a lot. Are you twelve? No, I'm not twelve. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that's the magic number, but I guess that's how I look. So I can't help that. So that I'm sure. 
that was part of it too. Like um with with both of them. So not knowing yeah. that you a whole wife and a mom and a professional right. like yeah. I do this like you like I searched through the uh mm-hmm. the store mm-hmm. papers just like mm-hmm. you like says, nah, I know. <laughs> I'm looking for that steak that said Kroger had yep. for $5.99 yeah yep. I'm looking for the throws so yeah size probably definitely has a lot to do with it you right now, and not to go on a tangent but don't y'all play with Shayna and his grocery shopping because she could tell you the inventory of every grocery store <laughs> In Bloomington, she can tell you the price per unit. Okay, not just the price per pack. She will tell you, well, Kroger got it for $5.99 and Aldi had it for $5.98. So I'm going for the $5.98. She will tell you the brand. She will tell you the contents in it. She done ruined a number of things for me, including yogurt. Then tell me how much sugar was in yogurt. I ain't been able to look at it right since. So don't y'all play with Shayna. When it comes to feeding her man and her baby, okay? Because she knows. Yes. She knows. <laughs> That's funny. She you know. But you know what? I'm glad that you shared that, Shana, because I think that is an important lens to this as well. Here you are, four foot 11 and petite. And you know, as we talked about this offline earlier, I told you, I said, she never would have thought she could have said nothing like that to me. Here I am, five, seven. Mm-hmm. All of 200 plus pounds. I got the meanest little scowl on my face. I'm looking at you like, and what are you about to say to me about some sirloin? You know I ain't miss no steak. So so what's up? I ain't miss no steak. Ain't miss no roast. Okay? But I think that sometimes even when you see like, um, going again back to this ages thing, right? Like it's very easy to look at you as though like you're this young girl. I think people coddle um petite women more there are more things that petite women can get away with that plus size women cannot but in the same way Mm -hmm. um, petite women are crippled differently than um and when I say crippled like they treat y'all like you're more fragile like you're so delicate like I gotta coach you through how to buy a steak you know as opposed Mm to um plus size women so I think it just has a lot of there's so many nuances to that. When I think about this all in relation to like mental health, like what does it mean to live in this body that is always seen as fragile in public spaces or that is always seen as scary or aggressive in public spaces? What does it mean to um, to to constantly be aware of not only this identity as a woman, but then this identity as a black woman, but then this identity as a plus size black woman? And don't let you have no natural hair. Because then they really got mm-hmm. questions. They're like, now what now? Now what you over here doing? Mm-hmm. So I just, I feel like there's just so many layers and we move through these spaces all the time, not even realizing the um, mental strain and emotional turmoil that we're under based simple, simply off of race relations. So I know we're coming up on the end of this episode. I got three tips for all people, not just white people, not blue people, not yellow people, not red people. I got three tips. And then I need the tips. You need the tips. Yes. <laughs> and if I miss anything, Shayna, hold me down and throw something in there. Okay. Okay. So my first 
tip. And I want y'all to share these tips with the people y'all know, okay? The first one is to watch your mouth. Because it's not just... (laughs) It's not just the fact that that woman was telling you about the steak. It's also that she then looked at you and said, you don't have sirloin in your hand. So watch your mouth. I didn't ask you. (laughs) I wasn't looking at you. I didn't write it on a piece of paper. So when you think to open your mouth and speak on somebody else's situation or their circumstances, it might be a better idea for you to start with the question rather than starting with the directive. Because what we don't need is for white women to tell us how to grocery shop. Amen. Watch your mouth. (laughs) The second one is watch your space. You did not invite Mm -hmm. them into your personal space. And that doesn't necessarily mean physically. That also means watch the energy you bring into my space. Watch the energy that you carry with your own space. So if you got an attitude, if you got, you know, if you are experiencing moments where we have biases or prejudice or discrimination, like you need to watch that yourself. You need to watch the space that you're taking up because I didn't invite you or any of the baggage that you holding on to into my personal space. So first watch your mouth and then watch your space. And the last thing is watch my language or watch other people's language. Because when you were sharing the story about the woman who was shopping for the state, you were very clear that I was not talking to her. I was no longer even looking at her. Like I was not engaged with her. Privilege says, even Mm -hmm. if you shut down, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep prying. I'm going to keep inserting myself because I believe I belong here. And what I'm encouraging people to do is watch the body language of people around you. You can tell when you just said something that was out of pocket. You can tell when Mm -hmm. you just did something that was offensive. So even if Karen's intentions with helping you shop for a state weren't bad if she had been mindful enough to watch your body language we may not be having this conversation right now so that's our episode today Mm -hmm. thank you for joining (laughs) Bye. bye